Welcome to today's very special episode of the Live from Lake Balfour podcast. And today we have an incredibly special episode. We are going to be talking about the big show. We're going to cover it from all angles. We're going to have the coach on who is a waiter of 99. He's been around camp for a long time. He's going to be ranking for us his top five big shows of all time and his top five big show performances of all time. And we're also going to have on Hoppy, who's a waiter of 2019, who was the lead in this past year's big show, who's been around the Baco Theater program for a long time and we're also going to talk about what the big show means in a bigger context about camp and so much more so without further ado let's bring them in guys how you doing doing good maddie Alright, so before we get into our rankings, I know, Coach, you've prepared your top five big shows of all time and your top five big show performances in your lifetime at camp. Before we get into all that, I think what we need to address off the top is, like, what makes a good big show? Because... How hard is it to get a lot of 16-year-olds who have no acting experience, who roll their eyes every time you bring up, like, drama and theater, to put on, like, a legitimate hour-and-a-half entertaining, well-choreographed, well-thought-out show in two-and-a-half or three weeks? I mean, it sounds impossible when you put it in words like that. So how do you think that that's happened? So, Coach... Why don't you take us through the evolution of the big show and how we've gotten to a point where year after year, Baco and Chanel is able to put out these just stellar shows. So when I started camp, the, the big show and the drama program was much more of a ragtag operation. <clears throat> um, we would just kind of bring in one staff member to be in charge of the big show. He would hand out a script. And a bunch of 16-year-olds would read and learn the script. And then they would have fun putting on the show. Um, as the years went on, and we realized we needed more structure to the program, we brought Sheeman in and Michael Sheeman. I think, though, Coach, you bring up a good point there. We have to talk about Sheeman and the way he's dramatically transformed the drama program. So for the alumni who are out there listening who were not in camp when Sheeman was here, I think that they probably have a certain... Um, preconceived opinion of the drama program and those afterwards because he brought a level of seriousness and a level of professionalism that I don't think the Baco drama program has seen. So I think before we can go any further, we certainly have to elaborate on how he runs his shows and how that really has shaped Baco. So Michael's first summer was 2006, and I was not at camp that summer, but I can only imagine the culture shock when we had a legitimate drama person professional come in and say all right we're going to do a play i'm sure these 16 year old jocks at camp looked at him and were like no we don't we don't do that and it was a struggle for for mike at first um he was here by himself he didn't now he has a staff of five or six people his first summer it was just him and he was fighting with the with 16 year olds to get it done and the more he pushed and the more we realized that this guy knew what he was talking about and he knew what he was doing and they might have fought him but every time the show seems to be a banger every time the show seems to be amazing and we put our trust in him and the guy comes through every time but it was really more it was this was bob's project though to revamp the drama program right because before that obviously bob was such a musical guy and really like wanted that to be an integral part of camp so sheeman was really bob's like idea to have someone to really come in and 
revamp the theater program and make it what it is now, right? Like, this was Bob's vision. Oh, no question. Um, Bob realized that we needed another program for kids who were not athletes, kids who were still coming to camp and loving camp, but they weren't on, you know, the basketball team or the soccer team. And Bob saw this, and he ran with it. And it was, again, it was a struggle at first, but... You know, Bob knew it was big picture, and he was right. Well, yeah, even for me coming in in 2010 when there was already an established drama program, uh, I came in halfway through the summer, and one of my first evening activities was the big show, and I was, I was pretty impressed as a seven-year-old kid, and I came back the next summer wanting to do the shows, and I can't speak for all the campers, but I was excited about it, and it seemed like a pretty fun program, so... I don't know. By the time you were all 16, there's always like a, a couple of kids in every age group who kind of are involved in the uh, in the drama program. So I think every age group kind of needs that those few guys that are pretty serious about it to get the whole bunk kind of excited about doing the big show. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that premise. I think also, Hoppy, one of the key things is really the buy-in. And as you mentioned, you need someone like like you in our bunk to kind of legitimize the drama program. And I'm sure during those first years, that was a real battle for Sheeman. But as you've gotten to the point where we're sitting here and we were the waiters of 2019, you walk into the big show, you know that he's going to take this really seriously. Because, right, you walk around camp, you go play baseball, you mess around, you have fun you play whatever you go on the courts you're doing the same thing right camp is this like light atmosphere and you walk into the drama program and it's like hey like we're putting on a play here like this is serious business and by the end it turns out great but it's such a stark paradox that i think unless you have that buy-in from the leaders of the show it's really difficult to execute i think even for the waiters there's so much more structure because you only have two weeks to prepare the whole show and it's a bigger production than any of the other shows we put on this summer. So even for the waiters, there's so much thing to look forward to during a summer. And just the big show is the first thing we kind of need to not get out of the way, but go through so we can enjoy our summer. So if we take it seriously and do a good job, you know, it, it has benefits. So another thing with the buy-in is what ends up happening is when the show finally goes on, it's amazing, and the waiters and waitresses are so proud of the work they have put in, and the more serious they took it earlier, and the more they buy it earlier, the better the show ends up being in the moment, sorry, in the moment, and the more, pr- the, the, the more excited they are about it, the prouder they are about the show that they put out. Right, and I think it's also kind of, this big show is really symbolic for camp, Aside from the fact that Shimi can put on a production of high quality with such a low quality of um, actors for the most and actresses for the most part. I mean, there's always going to be a few people like Hoppy who actually like get the rhythms of acting. But for the most of us, we have no idea what we're doing. And to make a legitimate production out of that is really impressive. But I think it's also symbolism for kind of the whole camp and the way that the willpower of people to just ultimately band together and kind of stick with each other and get it done. And I think it speaks to more, it's kind of an act of unity for the camp, and it speaks to more than just the play itself, because in of itself, the majority of camp, like, they're not movie, they're not theater people. But it kind of, to see, like, kids, like, Evan Glatzer, who's a basketball player, performing a musical number in the big show. I mean, it's, like, hilarious. And it kind of speaks to the power of Baco as a whole. And I think that's one of the most special elements of it, too. 
Well, Maddie, even for you, as someone who was, like, more on the shy side growing up, like, you had a pretty big part in the big show, too. You came out there and sang the exact same song, actually. Yeah. So it really speaks to, like, how motivated we kind of are, and it, it kind of gets enjoyable by the end as a finished product. Right. But I'm also saying, like, it's the power of Baco, and I think it speaks to the magic of Baco. How, think of how many places you could get people like us to actually sit there and do a show. And it speaks to not only Baco, but also Shiman and his technique. And I think that before we get into our rankings, it's just really important to remember how amazing it is that Baco can put together these productions and get people ultimately to six, put them in positions of success the way you've been hoppy for so many years. And you'll see, uh, you'll see when I get to the rankings, um, <clears throat> most of my rankings, if not all of them in the top five performance area, none of those guys are theater people. They're all, they were all athletes. They were all, you know, they were all into everything else at camp. And right, but that's what makes together. it, that's what makes it even better though, right? Because when you see Absolutely. people who have no theater connection no interest in that all of a sudden like really buy in and like just go for it and have the confidence on stage because a lot of people like Glatzer can have a lot of confidence on a basketball court when the whole camp is sitting there on the hill and cheering and all of a sudden the whole camp is sitting in the social hall and watching you perform and it's like totally out of anyone's comfort zone so seeing them excel in that environment is just as special as seeing them excel playing sports right yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so I think that's a good segue into Coach. Before we get into our top five shows of all time, why don't we start off by talking about some of the best performances you've ever seen in Hoppy? I think you can help here a little by just taking us through what the process of like of playing a lead and learning a big role in such a short amount of time. So, Coach, why don't you start off with who you have at the top of your list? All right, so my number one top performance and remember these are my top performances so they're kind of like how they affected me watching them and seeing these people perform right so if you guys have any uh problems with this list you can feel free to get in touch with us and we will talk about it on the next episode so just you can go with yours but just so you know the listeners out there if you have any qualms with it uh just reach out so my number one performance came from the 1993 kids show, Little Shop of Horrors, and it was Mark Bruno as the dentist. Yeah. It was a role, I just remember him being hilarious and energetic, and it was the first time I remember at camp looking at something like that and being like, oh my god, this is amazing. Now how would you contrast, so for those of you guys who don't know, this year in 2019 was the first ever repeat big show, so we did the Little Shop of Horrors as well, and Hoppy was the lead in that play. So how would you contrast what a 1993 production of Little Shop of Horrors at camp looks like compared to a Sheeman full-throttled machine churning out these big show plays looks like in 2019? In 1993, it was a bunch of waiters and waitresses who got up on stage and they sang songs and they danced around. There was minimal choreography. There was some cool set design, but nothing like there is today. Today, I mean, this summer, the way he did the plant with the five girls and he kept growing and kept adding a girl, it was just so cool and, and so, you know, different than what I'd ever seen before. So, number two, 
is Lee Ryber from Legally Blonde. Interesting. I actually, agree, um, I actually agree with you. It was one of the best performances in any big show ever. Lee Ryber is the furthest thing from a theater kid, a drama kid. He is straight athlete all the way, and uh, Sheenan was able to pull this role out of him. He was like a rapping hillbilly, and it was some of the funniest stuff I have ever seen. Which is pretty amazing, but that also goes to, I think, Sheeman's... Sheeman, listen, there's a lot of people who I think over the years have had certain, you know, conflicts with Sheeman, and because obviously his style is so different than anything else you see at camp, but there's something you cannot deny that Sheeman's style is so effective, and he has a very unique talent for being able to, even if it can get rough around the edges at times, he's an incredibly unique gift in getting people motivated and able to excel in their roles, like Lee Ryber was. Yeah, and, and kind of to add on to Ryber's performance, I remember, he's probably done this every year since his big show, but he pulled out a letter, one of the art first rehearsals, from Lee Ryber's mom after the big show, and he, it was yeah. kind of a letter for thanking Sheenan for kind of getting him to do this kind of production, because she's seen him on the courts before, she's seen him at like as an athlete, but she's never seen him on stage like that. So I thought that was actually pretty interesting as a way to inspire like some of the other kids like him who are more into sports and never really tried anything like that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, great. So who's number three on your list? Number three on my list is Matt Service from Thirteen. He was it was a, it was a really good show. Um, he played a character who with special needs. He had these crutches. Uh, he had these, like, fake allergies. His whole thing was that he was sniffling, and he was this, like, nerdy, dweeby kid. And in reality, Matt Service was an amazing athlete. You know, you never would have known the difference. It was it was an amazing performance. I don't know if you guys remember it, but it was an amazing one. I vaguely remember it, and it was, it was a pretty funny one. I remember laughing a lot. Yeah, it was a funny show. Right, and how much do you think that the performance is your evaluation, I think your evaluation speaks well for the camp's evaluation of kind of the contrast of someone who is not an actor being able to so easily step in and out of their roles as actors and their contrast with people as opposed to just like the pure ability of the actor because you could say like what Hoppy was able to do this year when you were able to memorize essentially almost the entire play yourself is incredibly impressive but also, something else impressive, even if you don't have to memorize as much, being able to step in and out of character like that for someone who has zero experience ever acting is really just, like, funny to see. And that's almost what the audience responds to as much as anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun for us seeing them out of their comfort zone and something they're not used to doing. Number, uh, number four is, and this was tough because I couldn't decide who I wanted to pick from this show but I had to pick someone from Avenue Q because it was just such a, you know, different show for us. So I went with Hank, Ro- Hank Roberg and yeah. uh, Sharky Monster. I just thought he was funny. Um, I thought his voice was cool. I thought it was really cool the way they were able to use the puppets and these really stood out from that show. All right, who is um, number five? And number five, he was also a smaller performance, but a memorable one. From 13, it was Jesse Koretz. He sang this song called The Tongue, and it is a song that I will remember forever. 
because it was about making out with a girl, and it it was just a hilarious song from a hilarious kid. Yeah, and I feel like Sheeman also is able to dance around the edges with those types of things, where he can make it really funny and really interesting. But I think another element of what he's able to do is kind of, he's able to rope in the whole camp and in different kinds of ways. So, like, Hoppy, for you, you started off as such a little kid doing it, and he was able to kind of progress you. I would argue... I don't know what you think, Coach. I would say Hoppy's climax as a Baco actor was probably with the Peter Pan performance because you had never seen that out of someone. The Little Big Show is traditionally just like a mishmash of random songs, and he made that into like a legitimate play for you, Hoppy. So how do you think the camp's response to that differed than the Big Show and other things like that? Because... Obviously, Sheeman showed he can be versatile when he's given someone like you who can make that role work as, like, an 11- or 12-year-old. Well, yeah. Well, I've been working with him already for four or five shows by then, so he knew what my strong suits were, and I knew, like, the stuff he would want out of it. And I think he actually talked to my parents before the summer asking if I was kind of up for the challenge. They didn't tell me anything. They just said, you better do the show this year. And... Pretty much, I came in and he announced the show to the whole junior and intermediate division as he usually does. And at that point, I kind of already knew what was going on. And yeah, it was, it was really interesting to work with him in a different way like that. And honestly, I think it kind of gave me a taste of what the big show would be like, even though I was much younger. Because working on a show like that at that age with like way less people and younger people for that matter is like. A uh, pretty big challenge, so it was impressive that we got that done. And how would you contrast his style as dealing with younger kids and trying to motivate them? Because his motivational tactics, are they similar for young kids who may be on the fence, they have enough self-confidence to do it, as opposed to older kids in, like, the big show, where it's, like, a serious thing he knows he can they can handle tough love? Yeah, I think with the younger shows, he's a bit more lenient when it comes to nerve in the sense that we are still kids, and either way, if they come up on stage, everybody's like, oh, that's pretty cute. So, for older kids, it's more straight up from Sheeman. He kind of says exactly what he wants, and if he doesn't get it, he'll repeat himself a couple times. And he, he, he just wants the best out of us, I think, and he knows how to do it. He's been doing it for a while. So, yeah, I think that's the only difference, pretty much, I can tell. Yeah, so, Coach, why don't you now take us through your top five shows overall because I think that's a really good way to characterize just like the epitome of what it felt like as a whole and what it felt like for the camp and stuff like that. So why don't you go through that? So I definitely will. I'd be glad to. Let's start with number five this time. Number five was Avenue Q. You know, I just thought with the puppets, it was, it was different. It was unique. It was fun. I thought it was really cool. I think that's something that the camp will always respond to, too. It's something different and unique because every time you see something kind of new and innovative, the the production value kind of increases, and it's almost just more impressive to see not only the people going out of character, but it's also just like you don't think of the Baco production as having puppets or like, are you having a plan and having to be so sophisticated in that, like, choreographing setting, you don't think of the 
way Baco is able to do their productions being like that. So I think anytime there's kind of change and the show as a whole is pushing outside its comfort zone, it kind of responds well to the audience like that one. Oh, that's a great segue for my number four, because that one was also something very out of the ordinary for us. My number four show was the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which we did in the round. And it was interesting because that was definitely not the most talented group we've ever had, but they did something that was so unique and so different that it'll be special forever, and we'll talk about it forever. What happened in the show? It was just the way they did it, where stage was in the middle of the social hall and we all sat around the edges. Oh, was that in 2013? That was in 2013, I think. Yeah, I remember that one. It was, that was really unique, yeah. It was just a really cool thing to do and it was very authentic because when you see Rocky Horror Picture Show in real life, that's how you see it. So it was cool to like emulate how it's done in the real world. Alright. What's number three? Number two... Oh, number two, my bad. Number two... Oh, no, number three. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Number three, and I apologize to you guys, but Little Shop of Horror from 1993, which is a show that will stick with me forever. Um, It had Mark Bruno's dentist performance. They did something really cool with with Audrey, too, with the plant. You guys did something cool as well, where you kept adding a girl to make her larger. Um, When they did it, they had an actual giant plant, and someone performance part was to like move the mouth when it was talking and it was really cool and i was a little kid and it just stuck with me and i thought it was awesome hoppy what's your take on coach going for the old school uh little shop of horrors i don't i mean i don't take it too personally yeah it's his opinion and i wasn't there to see the show so i can't really speak for it i i, I trust his word on it well but I mean, in- i'm not saying that your show wasn't amazing because it was it was just something that I stuck with me. I was a little kid. But coach, when I think about what I was saying about how like difference is such an important virtue of it, I feel like if you went back in time and put the 2019 show in the 1990s, you'd be like, "Oh my god, I've never seen anything like that." But Sheeman's such a machine at this point with his productions, and now you have side choreographers and assistant directors and a musical director and all this stuff that contributes and you see year after year he's able to put on these amazing shows like the incredibleness of those shows is almost like status quo at this point whereas one amazing show in the 90s could be like a game changer like revolutionary so i think that's a relevant factor of it too it's not that it might have been different but just what you'd seen at the time like you walk into that show expecting like another one of the classic bako shows people kind of know what they're doing kind of screwing around and then you see like a great performance at that time that was so unexpected that it lives on with your memory Yes. Well, well said, Maddie. Thanks. So who's Um, next? So my number two show is Legally Blonde. Um, Probably the most talent we've ever had on the stage at one time. Um, There was a girl, uh, Taylor Brahms, I think her name was. She was an incredible singer. I think she did a little bit of singing, like musicals outside of camp. Um, That was a Lee River performance. Uh, there was just a list of characters that went on and on and on, and it was just an amazing show. Um, Mike knew he had an amazing cast, and he picked the perfect show for the perfect cast. 
Agreed. And Hoppy, as someone who's been in so many of these shows, how much of the show do you think is casting in terms of getting the scenes right? Because not only does Sheeman get, once he gets the show, cast it, but he comes into a summer knowing the kind of talent he's working with for the most part. So this year he chooses Little Shop of Horrors because he knew that you were going to be put in the spotlight as the lead and that it was going to be your show. You were going to be the anchor of it. So he chose a show with one huge port part as you being Seymour. But how much do you think that choosing the right show to fit the cast is as important as casting it itself once he has the show? Well, I think if you have those core people, you could cast it. You could make a show around those people with their strong suits. But once you actually have the show, the casting is really important because most of the most of the kids that are auditioning, she doesn't really know. So it's really tough for him to like get their personalities from one audition, which is like a song and dance and three lines of dialogue, pretty much. So it's hard for him, and it, when he gets it right pretty impressive. I think the casting was pretty good this year, and speaking for other users as well, they've been pretty good. So yeah, I think casting definitely makes or breaks the show. What do you think, Coach? Yeah, I think that's right on. I think when you get the right people in the right places, magic happens. And he's really good at identifying who is good for these bigger parts, who is good for these one-song smaller parts. He knows what he can get from people, and he pushes them to get it. Right, he knew that Lee River could be able to execute a bigger part, but just because you're assigned a bigger role or a smaller one doesn't necessarily mean that that's what he thinks of you as an actor. It's also he has an internal, and he would never let this show into the public face of the rest of the cast or even you yourself, but he certainly has a like calculating element to him of, okay, I can push this guy to get to this level, but I can only go so far with him. And just because he assigns someone to one song, and that song is incredible, and now that's like a remembered performance, like that can be just as good as having a huge role itself, but it's about his ability to figure out, like, what you can do. Yes. Yeah. All right, who is your greatest big show of all time? My number one big show of all time is 2011-13. It was just the perfect show for summer camp like ours. It was about a bunch of 13-year-old kids going through puberty, having, you know, weird feelings about making out with girls and being in high school and it was just a perfect level of awkwardness for our group of people. Perfect Baco production. Yes. That's always what people respond to the most is when you kind of you're dancing around the edges like that's true with everything that's done at Baco, whether that be like a talent show or just like anything. People love when, and Sheeman is just able to execute it at like a professional level as opposed yes. to the level of uh, improv of a random Baco kid. So that's really where his magic is. And I think that when you look at the theater program right now at Baco, it's definitely like a hallmark of Baco overall, and it reflects so positively on the camp and what it's able to accomplish when it's able to put his mind behind something. Yeah, it's it's really amazing how far it's come in the last almost 15 years. To think that it started with just him coming in, fighting with, you know, 16-year-olds and counselors being like, oh, that's not how we do things here, to having a five-person staff and being one of the 
like key activities that we have at camp now, one of the key programs for us. It's just amazing how, how far it's come. Yeah, I think you nailed it. All right, I think we've covered all our bases on the Big Show history and also what it really symbolizes in the bigger picture about camp and how special of a tradition it is. Make sure to stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more episodes. We're going to keep churning these out. We hope everyone out there is staying safe and we can provide some little entertainment here off to the side, make people thinking about camp, and we'll be doing a few new ones coming up this later this week. I know we have a Senior League 2020 mock draft that we will be dropping soon on a podcast. We also have a Baco Food podcast in the works, um, so make sure to stay tuned to all of that. And as for this podcast, thanks, guys. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks so much, Maddie. And thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time on the Lot from Lake Balfour Podcast Network.